Welcome back to the channel today, everyone. So I'm Sarah Higdon, and this is Transformer Freedom. So we got a little bit to talk about today. No guests, but last week was awesome, right? Um, yeah, it wasn't live. So sometimes when I do guests, um, it's it's a, we're, we might do where it's not live because just their schedule doesn't meet up with doing um, a full live stream. Um, but it was okay. I thought it was a great episode. I love Ashley. She's amazing. I've been hyping. I've been hyping that episode for a little while. So hope you all are okay with it being me this week. <laughs> but um, we'll just we'll we'll jump right into it, right? So this week um, there's quite a bit to talk about. But if you haven't been paying attention to the news, so the Hawaiian Islands um, have been well Maui. Maui has kind of been on fire this week. Um, and it's been pretty bad. And if you see, like, some people are... The, the typical narrative that come with this stuff is it's climate change. It's all this stuff, right? Well, we don't know, obviously. Um, actually, there is some conspiracy theories running around the internet right now, which... Uh, with some of the stuff that's happening, seem kind of plausible. Um, I'm not going to get into that. Not going to go full deep in because I just don't know what to think about this stuff until you know we have some evidence of of it. But um, one thing that's not a conspiracy is that the president of the United States, good old Joe Biden, instead of going to Maui after the fires had kind of um, dissipated, right? He went on vacation. That's right. Another vacation, which was already scheduled and in the works, um, instead of putting his vacation on hold to go visit the ruins of, you know, Maui, an actual state, um, he decided to, um, you know, Americans that, um, you know, need help. Um, he went to another state of Nevada for a vacation, um, which is really interesting because, um, and the worst part about this, I mean, he's, he's been a, Joe Biden. I'm not somebody who really takes too much into, um, presidents going on vacation because really, I don't think that presidents are ever really on vacation. I do think they can work while they're, they're on vacation, um, but this is a completely different situation. We know that Joe Biden has been on um, 360 va vacation days. Nearly 40% of his presidency has been on vacation. Um, like I said, I mean, I I, think I would have to think that if I was president, I would probably be on vacation too because everywhere you work from is 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 working but i don't really think joe biden's really doing much of anything i think joe biden is um i think he's he's controlled i think he's enjoying his retirement um because i i don't really think that he's running the show just just laying it out there i think the deep state has control of that by youtube um twitter's better um so but this one's obviously this is a lot different when we when we look at Hawaii, I, I, obviously, like there's certain circumstances where you cancel your vacation. 
I mean, if something happened and it was an emergency with one of my friends or family or something like that, I would take, I would, I would cancel my vacation and do what I had to do to make sure my family. They had to do with my job. You know, if it's an emergency, there's things that come up that sometimes you have to cancel vacations for. Um, like, I mean, if, if I had something scheduled for this week, um, I would probably cancel it to cover to be down at the courthouse. If you saw, actually, I was at the courthouse last week um, um, after Donald Trump was uh, was indicted. Uh, so this week I will be at the courthouse probably um, covering it. If I had anything else planned, I would probably cancel that because that's important to me is to be down there. But it's a different story. The worst part about this, though, is his seem seeming lack of, I guess, care. Um, and I'll just play this clip from as they were leaving his beach house on Sunday while he was on another vacation. Talk about the Hawaii response, Mr. President? Uh, nothing there. Let me get that off the screen. That's. I don't get this, really. No comment. You don't have anything to say about the rising death tolls in Hawaii. What? That doesn't that doesn't make sense. Like even if I had nothing prepared, I knew nothing about what was going on right other now, than that. At the level of were, debt that we're building up. Yeah. And it's in, you know, now if you're a social even if I even if I had no idea what was going on, all I knew was people had died in Hawaii in a fire. If that's all I knew, I could go out there and make a simple statement to say. We're waiting for more information. Um, our prayers go out to the families. Um, something. He just smiled and said no comment. Like that's that's a sign of again, that's a sign of a man that's not all there. Like if you can't even make a simple comment without you know being told what to say by your advisors, that's not that's not somebody that should be leading this country. That's 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 the bottom line of it. And in reality, I'm not the only one saying this. The people in Hawaii are wondering what's going on. Where's the president of the United States? Here we have this. And this was on CNN. CNN of all places. And actually, we're going to talk about CNN a little bit later. But CNN. Um, this resident of Hawaii. Said this. Now the Maui community is helping the Maui community. And I'm, I'm really, I'm, it's really affected me because where's the president? He decides to come here this week to come here next week. I mean, like, where, where, aren't we Americans too? Like, we're part of the United States, but why are we not, why are we getting put in the back pocket? Why are we being ignored? This is this is a, a an interesting. This is good. I mean, this is the thing that people don't. Realize. I think Hawaii 
and Alaska are like forgotten states. In a lot of ways, they are forgotten states because they're not part of the continental United States. And they're not really even that close to the continental United States. But look what happens when like hurricanes hit Puerto Rico. We have presidents on the ground, you know, helping Puerto Rico and they're a territory. They're not even a U.S. state. So what what is up with this response from the president to Hawaii? Um, there, there's a lot that's that's going on here. Um, but it, it's really. And one of the things that a lot of people had a big issue with, right? Um, the government decided that they were going to send each family that was affected $700. It was per family. Let me see. Yeah, it was like $700 per family. Right at right as they were getting ready to... Um, spend another trillion to go to ukraine think about that for a second how much how if we're look how much we're sending to ukraine and i'm not obviously you know i'm not a big big government person but if our money is going somewhere it shouldn't be going to ukraine it should be going to help those in hawaii that are in need right now if the government's going to steal our money anyways it should be going to hawaii why is why why is this not more important? Why are they sending our money to Ukraine? Come on now. Um, I will say one thing real quick though, because um, yeah, that, no comment came right after he was out on the beach, so y'all know that too. Um, But I, I will, I, I don't want to get dinged for spreading, you know, misinformation. Um, it did come out today that, yes, Biden and Jill were on their way at around noon today to Hawaii. Finally. Days after they should have been there. Like, what took so long? I don't know. Magnificent Devil says, "Want more? What more do you want? Seven hundred dollars and a free chocolate chip cone? <laughs> Only the big guy gets ice cream cones, Jack. Yeah, you know the big guy gets that ten percent. Um, always gets that ten percent, which kind of ties into what we're talking about now. I mean, I wonder how much, um, um, what percentage." is happening here because that the big guy is getting because I'm this is kind of where we go into let me see um it's kind of where we go into some of the conspiracy theories behind this right um so this is um well let me play this clip below here first this is a resident who's dealing with some of this fallout just listen to what she has to say first. Okay, I got to tell you guys, I am so frustrated with investors and realtors 
calling the families who lost their home, offering to buy their land. How dare you do that to our community right now? If you are a Kalamai, sorry, had a little bit poor reception right there. If you are a victim and they are calling you, please get their name. People keep calling me, sorry. Get their business name so we can put them on blast. This is some Pilau Heva shit happening right now. I am so frustrated hearing since yesterday that multiple families that I know personally were reached out and offered money from investors and realtors. Shame on you. Shame on you. If you are a Maui realtor contributing to that, karma's going to come and get you. Okay? That is Pilau. And if you are a realtor and they are calling you, investors are calling you to represent them, I hope you have dignity and aloha and compassion to turn them away and tell them off. And I need you guys to do me a favor and get their name and their business name. And we're going to put them on blast. That is some pilau. Please spread the word. If you're a victim and they are reaching out to you. Yeah. So that's part of what we're kind of seeing happen too, right? Um, magnificent devil. What? Um, did you see the eyewitness who saw police blocking Rosa cars getting back? I did not see that video. Um, but what I, what I'm kind of getting at though, is there's a lot of shady stuff that's happening with this. Um, so I didn't see that, but there was a report that the person, uh, waited to sound the alarm. Um, I forget how long it was. I haven't actually, Robbie, um, I, I saw Tulsi was speaking on something, but I haven't seen her speak on this. Um, I haven't even actually seen what she was saying when I saw her speak. Um, I think she was again, just doing what Joe Biden should have been, you know, giving prayers and thoughts, you know, thoughts and prayers to the families and everything that was going on there, because there's a lot of just really crazy and heartbreaking stuff that's happening right now. And we're not getting a ton of information, but then we're seeing stuff like this come out. Like what she's saying is people are calling to invest in these properties. And one thing um, we're seeing the government. So again, the government response was poor to say the least. I can't remember how long the person had said they waited before they sounded the alarm, um, but they resigned this week um, after that. And then you're seeing billionaires come in trying to buy real estate there. And then um, you're, you're also seeing, I've also seen reports that the government is looking at scooping up some of this land the burned land with eminent domain so that they can curate it um which is sparking i mean i don't know if i can say it on youtube why they might be using it why why how the conspiracy would work so you wait let me let me just lay it out like this you wait to sound the alarm 
a lot of stuff gets burned because you didn't initiate a you know the alarm as quickly as you should have. Burns a whole bunch of people's properties, and then the government comes in. And basically steals that property from them using eminent domain. Um, I wonder if climate change was the reason why this started. Yeah, I didn't think so. So we're just gonna we're just gonna leave it at that. Again, we are on YouTube. I don't think I can go any 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 any, any further. Um, I think, yeah, I think my audience is smart enough to know what I'm saying. Um, but this is even pretty bad. So this is why Senator Brad Schatz. Um, just just look at what he had to say on MSNBC when they were asking him about this. Brian Schatz is the Democratic senator from Hawaii who shared these images from a devastated Maui during his tour of the area yesterday. And he, he is here to tell us about it now. Senator, it's great to have you under awful circumstances. And like I said to Senator Hirono last night, everybody in the I've talked to and, and seen is, is thinking about folks in Hawaii and, and, and pulling for you and, and sending love and concern. What did you see yesterday uh, when you were able to tour the parts that were so devastated? Thanks, Chris, for doing this. And thank you for your kind words. And I just want to thank everybody across the country and across the world for the solidarity and the support and the money. Um, that is pouring in because uh, this is a disaster ongoing. We are still in disaster response. We are not in the rebuilding phase. Um, but what I saw was um, it was as though um, a bombing run had happened on Lahaina. Um, it's flattened. Um, it is raised to the ground. The, uh, the sugar mill is intact. The lighthouse is intact. Um, the banyan tree is still standing, but it's unclear whether it or not it will survive. But basically everything else is gone. We've got thousands of people now in temporary shelters. Um, we're trying to restore power and telecommunications. But um, this is um, every bit as bad as the pictures. Um, we walk down Front Street and it is a smoldering, toxic mess where it used to be this vibrant town of Native Hawaiians and Filipinos and Portuguese and Caucasians and tourists from all over the planet and people surfing and fishing and watching the whales and having a beer and dancing hula. And it is now uh, what you see uh, on the screen. So it's a devastating time for the people of Hawaii and we appreciate the solidarity as we. Uh... Is anybody, I mean, does anybody else get reminded when they see um, him talk? Of the person that like laughs at a funeral, like like Cernovich is saying his smirk. I don't know if that's just him because I don't know this uh, the senator senator yeah, senator very well. Never seen him before, but it's just yeah his his whole demeanor is kind of off putting when talking about such a um, a topic. That such as dreary as people. Yeah, he looks. Yeah, you're right. Magnificent devil. He said he definitely looks giddy. So wait. Eyewitnesses reported a series of booms. I'll just leave that again. Um, kind of again. Yes. 
Interesting. Um, the worst devastation Hawaii. I, I think I saw this earlier. I, I, I think it was Jack Posobiec that said it was uh, the worst devastation we've Hawaii has seen since Pearl Harbor. So yeah, um, but why why are we not really talking about the one thing we're saying we're not that's not being talked enough about how many children have gone missing during this whole thing. Um, we're I mean, there's a lot of people who they can't find. Um, they can't get the numbers straight. I was just actually just talking to somebody who I know very close who, who just, um, who used to live in Hawaii, who knows people that are out there. And it was like, they can't even get their numbers straight. They, it's one day it's 300, one day it's a thousand, one day it's, you know, 600 and, and it just keeps fluctuating around and around and around. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. I'm sorry. I can't hear you over the sound of freedom. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's. Well, here's what here's what I've also been told hap, kind of happened to. Um, I'll jump into this clip, though. From Face the Nation with um, Hawaii's Governor Josh Green, who's basically talking about how many are actually missing. So here's what he had to say. Governor, can you tell us how many are still unaccounted for and how long will it take to identify remains? Uh, more than a thousand are unaccounted for, about a thousand fifty. Uh, it will take several weeks still. Some of the challenges are going to be extraordinary. As you reported, 85% of the of the land of the impact zone has been covered now by what amounts to a, an army of search and rescue teams and 41 dogs. So at 85% of the land's been covered. Now we go into the larger buildings, which require peeling back some of the floors and structures. That last 15% could take weeks. Uh, we do have extreme concerns that uh, because of the temperature of the fire, uh, the remains of those who have uh, died, uh, in some cases, may be impossible to recover meaningfully. So uh, there are going to be people that are lost uh, forever. And right now we're working, obviously, with the FBI and everyone on the ground to make sure that we do what we can to assess uh, who's missing. That is hard to hear, um, Governor. Uh, I know a local Maui official said a large number of the dead may have actually been children who were left home that day because schools were closed, many of them alone or with their grandparents. Is that the case? That is possible. Uh, that's that's what we're sharing uh, here internally. That is possible that there will be many children. Uh, this is the largest uh, catastrophe and disaster that's ever hit Maui probably it's ever hit Hawaii outside of uh, wartime events. So uh, we just thank everyone in the world for reaching out and supporting us through all of the you know, the ways that they can. Uh, right now, we are trying to make sure everyone is sheltered and we begin to get all the federal resources we can to make life in some way livable for the survivors. That's where we are at the moment. Yeah, that $700 is going to do a lot, right? So that's the key. Um, like I said, the uh, most, a large number of the dead are that, or that are missing, are children who were possibly at home 
Um, you know, and and some may have been alone with their grandparents. Because um, apparently, yeah, the kids were at home from school that day. Or they were kept home from school because of what was going on. I, but yeah, so apparently, I, I guess yeah, there's been 114 people that have com- been confirmed dead so far in the aftermath. But there's up to a, you know, just over a thousand people that are missing. And yeah, at least President Biden got to go to the beach. Probably had some ice cream too. On the boardwalk at his beach house. And then got to go visit some some places in Nevada. Well, one of the states, one of our states is uh, dealing with a catastrophe. We should be talking about how, you know, the children that are missing. We should be we should be talking about that more. But. um We'll move on away from we'll move on for away from the uh the, the the tragedy in Hawaii. Um and we'll move on to though CNN. It's really interesting. CNN is having a hard time coming up with more ways coming up with ways to defend the president. Um it's it almost in in a in a way seems like CNN is is almost turning on um is almost turning on president biden if you didn't see so this is this is this is one of two stories this week where CNN gave trump a lot of praise and i just want to say thank you thank you robbie thurman um 50 super chat thank you so 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 much that I, I I appreciate that so much. Um, a little extra, a little extra this month. I can't think of a sweeter person to send it to. Thank you, thank you. Um, but yeah, CNN's Jake Tapper admits that Donald Trump was right about Hunter's shady income. Um, if you didn't see this clip, and I do want to point out, you see how annoying these ads are while I'm on here. You can pay five dollars a month. At the postmillennial.com, subscribe, ad free. So so go so go do that too. <laughs> um, but this was interesting because yeah, in this conversation, Jake Tapper, not really a Trump fan, said Trump was right, Biden was wrong. Um, and this came from a debate in the 2020 election. Um, so here. And, and uh, Kristen, uh, Glenn Kessler from the Washington Post uh, had a fact check about Joe Biden. Uh-oh. Here this month, um, noting that Hunter Biden admitted in court in July that he was, in fact, paid substantial sums uh, from Chinese companies. Kessler wrote Hunter Biden reported nearly $2.4 million in income in 2017 and 2.2 million in income in 2018 most of which came from chinese or ukrainian interests but this, and this directly goes against what joe biden said in the debate in 2020 uh with uh, donald trump take a listen my son has not made money in terms of this thing about 
Uh, what are you talking about? China. What you None of that is true. He made a fortune in Ukraine, in China, in Moscow, that is simply and various not other places. True. So it's from two different debates, but I mean, Trump was right. I mean, he did make a fortune from China and Joe Biden was wrong. I don't know that he was lying about it. He might not have been told by Hunter, but this blind spot is a problem. It's a problem, one, because Republicans aren't going to let it go, that's for sure. But also, these problems are continuing through the legal system. It's not as though this is something that's been settled in other jurisdictions and Republicans are just harping on it. It is an ongoing thing in our courts. It's not going anywhere. This is a blind spot. Does it concern you as a Democrat? Well, I think dads have sometimes and parents sometimes have blind spots about their kids, for sure. And the president may be no exception. But nothing has tied the president to any of Hunter Biden's dealings. There's no whiff of him being involved or him being implicated in it. And uh, it's, you know, I think it's not something the voters care a lot about. All right, well, thanks to the panel. Thank and and uh, Chris. <laughs> what I thought was hilarious about this clip is when he says, there is no whiff that Joe Biden has any, you know, there's there's nothing out there that would suggest that Joe Biden had anything to do, you know, the big guy had anything to do with the business dealings of his son. Come on now. No whiff. And actually, I mean, he might be right. Maybe the voters don't care about it, um, but I think that they do. I think the voters are smarter again than what people give them credit for. Like, talk about blind spots. This guy's got a blind spot for Joe Biden. Um, it's kind of like um, you're seeing it a lot in the Republican primary. The 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 full on Trump supporters and the full on DeSantis supporters. They have like the full on Trump supporters have their own version of TDS, and then DeSantis supporters. The Democrats have the same thing for Joe Biden. They don't want to see what actually is the truth and what's going on. And, you know, that a whistleblower, like an IRS whistleblower last month, literally, like, tied Joe Biden to a lot of this. There was a, um, one of the confidential human sources had revealed in a secret meeting um that was everything was released by i think it was jim jordan and jim jordan had said that or with the he released the the full transcript from don't remember the date like 2020 so he released the full transcript of what this guy said this statement was taken Two months before, and this was from Ukraine, the Burisma scandal. It was actually the CEO. It was the, the the statement was about what the Burisma CEO had said to him, and they referred to Joe Biden as the big guy. You know, it was five hundred for or was five million for one Biden and five million for another Biden, and that you know the big guy was was taking care of things for them let alone this statement was taken two or three months before the information that said that there was a 10% for the big guy on Hunter Biden's laptop. It seems like Joe Biden's name in all of their business dealings is the big guy. And that's what they've all referenced 
to refer to as Hunter's Dead. Also, in the court hearings, in the documentation, there is documentation. I think I actually listed it in here as well. Um, yeah, there was a text message. The IRS whistleblower said there was a text message from uh, Hunter demanding money from China businessman Henry Zhao, who actually has ties to the uh, Chinese Communist Party. The message read, I'm sitting here with my father, and we would like to understand why the commitment has not been fulfilled. Tell the director that I would like to resolve this now before it gets out of hands, and now means tonight, and Z, if I get a call or text from anyone involved in this other than Zhang or the chairman, I will make certain that between the man sitting next to me and every person he knows and my ability to forever hold a grudge or regret falling in that direction, I'm sitting here waiting for you for a call with my father. Unless he has a daddy that we don't know about. Pretty sure he's talking about Joe Biden in that text. Now, they're trying to sell it as he was just, uh, he was bluffing. Joe Biden wasn't actually sitting there, but he was just using the illusion of, of his dad. But there's also been stuff where he's been on the calls. And then we know that there's 10% for the big guy. So, I don't know. You know, um, I don't know how he can sit there and say that um, there's no whiff of Joe Biden being involved. Now, the woman in white, I can't remember her name. I actually think I put it down. It's down here. Um, she is a Republican strategist, and she's right. It's an issue because Republicans are not going to let it go. Republicans are going to push this, as they should. Like, they really need to continue to push on this and harp on this because this is a huge, 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 huge issue. Um, and it's obvious that, like I said, Joe Biden lied. And I don't think it's just a blind spot. Um, everything that we've talked about, he he always, when it comes to Hunter, he always denies, denies, denies. You know, we still haven't figured out who the cocaine um whose cocaine that was in the White House. But apparently the Biden administration does. Um, there was a report a couple weeks ago. wonder whose it was. If they're not, I mean, they're not releasing the name, so we'll see. But there was also another report today that if Hunter Biden has to testify, like he, to defend himself, he will. He said he will put his father on the stand. That's a report that we got Um uh, this week as well. So we'll see what happens with this situation. But this wasn't the only time where CNN had to like defend Donald Trump or think that, you know, Trump was, um, you know, Trump can, you know, Trump's a viable candidate. Um, here we see, I mean, CNN, this is a report today that CNN admitted that Trump can win the general election in 2024. Um, did this happen? So this was actually this was actually from today. So CNN admitted it today on air. This is what they said. Trump's lead is even larger. So these are three polls that were out over the last week. Look at these leads for Donald Trump. He's at 62 percent of the CBS News YouGov poll, 57 percent in Quinnipiac University. 53% of the Fox News poll. Look at where DeSantis is in all these polls. 
Look how far back he is. He doesn't crack 20% in any of them. So in Iowa, you have that 20-plus point lead for Donald Trump. That's actually smaller than the lead we see nationally, where we see these leads of 35, 40, near 50 points in this particular case. Of course, the primary is one thing. If Trump wins the primary, can he go on and win the general election? And we've had three polls that have come out over the last week here. And I want you to take a look at how close this race is at this particular point. Granted, the general election is over a year away. The largest lead for Joe Biden is just three points within the margin of error. No clear leader. Look at these. One point. One point. If you go back at where we were at this point four years ago, Joe Biden's lead was high single digits to low double digits. This is significantly closer than where we were four years ago. So this idea that Donald Trump can't win the general election, I want you to lose that idea. This race is very, very close. And Donald Trump is polling better right now than basically at any point during the entire 2020 cycle. After four indictments. After four indictments. It just doesn't really seem to matter. That's fascinating. Well, first of all, the indictments actually seem to help Donald Trump in this race, especially, I mean, in all these cases, because they see that the Biden administration and people are people know that the Biden administration is weaponizing the criminal justice system. The Democrats are trying to weaponize the criminal justice system to help Biden. Now, some people would say that that is to make Trump the nominee because they think that they can beat Trump. But those poll numbers there and again, that's Fox News um, is the is the largest gap. The fact that it's like what they call like the right wing media organization, the Fox News, like that's the biggest gap. Um, the the Maris poll, I think, is usually a is that the Maris poll or it might be the um, I haven't seen the latest Harvard. I thought it was the Harvard. I'm getting Harvard Harris poll. Never mind. I'm getting all my my polls mixed up. There's like a bunch of them. Um, but it is interesting. Now I do actually. I wanted to just before I kind of talk about this a little bit more though i do want to jump back because as we were as this was playing i i i realized what we were talking about before how and this actually because um magnificent devil said they will admit to things slowly drip by drip and distract and demoralize um when the whole truth comes out people are jaded anyways this is true and we see the Democrats do this and we see liberals, uh, progressives do this all the time with whatever it is. It's this whole cycle of um, it's not happening. They will, they will, they will. It's not happening. It's not happening. It's not happening. To then eventually shifting and being like, well, it may be happening, but why does it matter? You know, why it, it could happen, but it doesn't really matter. Like that's what he he kind of just said. And then the next stage is it's definitely happening. And here's why that's a good thing. Like this is the stage that they go in. And so this is kind of what you're seeing with this, right? You're seeing nothing happened with Joe Biden and Hunter Biden and Burisma and uh, Joe Biden's not. It, it first was that there's nothing happening. Now it's yeah, something's happening, but maybe Joe Biden's involved. Maybe it's not. Uh, I, I don't see anything tying him to that. Pretty soon it's going to be, yes, Joe Biden's involved, but here's why that's a good thing. He was controlling the Communist Party or something. Something something along those lines. That's what they're going to say. Like, you know that's how it works. Um, which, which ties into why 
again, the double standards are why you're seeing pull numbers like this. And and this is exactly what I was going to say, Robbie, is if CNN says that it's that close, you bet Trump's got a big lead, right? Remember, remember the, what was it, election day 2016? Where CNN put out, I think, I believe it was CNN, put out that Hillary Clinton had a 99% chance of winning. Like, that day was amazing. Like, in the morning time frame, it was like 99% chance of winning. And as the day moved on, it just went down and down and down. And you could just see everybody getting demoralized. It's one of those things, you know... You kind of you, you you love to see it, and and I'm defending Donald Trump here quite a bit tonight. Um, I think we all know that I'm a libertarian, and I I don't even know who I would vote for in this election. Honestly, I don't know who I would vote for right now in the uh, the, the Republican primaries. I don't play these games of everything, but. What I will tell you is I'm not a Democrat. Um, I will probably, I, I will, I can never see myself being a Democrat because none of their stuff makes any sense. Um, very rarely will I agree on some issues like culture issues. Um, um, gonna be known. Chase Oliver, I don't know. Uh, I, I I don't know. I don't know where I'm at with any of my votes. I'm not I'm not putting it out there. But I, I I really know that when Democrats are in control, and this is this is one thing, especially when it comes to national politics, I would love to see a Republican in Congress. And, you know, maybe a small majority, uh, or I would love to see just anybody but a Democrat in the Oval Office. And I, you know, a split Congress is usually my favorite thing because we know that things don't really get done in split Congress. Split Congresses also let us know who really has our best interest in heart. Because then they have to make deals, they have to do all this stuff, and really it's not in the best interest. Um, And so you can actually see, like, when we look at spending bills, this is what turned me off from um, being a Tea Party conservative, was that we got so many people elected to office, and then, yeah, we, we got so many people elected to office to go because they ran on small government platforms and as soon as they got to as soon as they got to Congress they voted for these massive omnibus spending bills and that just really disenfranchised me from you know either party and so when I vote I vote based on who it is and if I don't like either candidate I just won't vote like that's my whole thing I I won't do that I, I think gridlock is great um obviously I work do a lot of work at the local 
like individual state level stuff. I, I'm doing stuff here in Georgia. I'm doing stuff across the country. I got some stuff done in Louisiana. Like I'm making contacts at local levels because I think that's where the, you know, the rubber meets the road kind of at the state level. And then once you go even lower than that, it's even better. Um, but I'm only one person. So I'll go where I can. Um, but um yeah so <laughs> wargamer 2199 yeah yeah hang in there nice work i see turf slash gender critical twitter x isn't liking it they never do they never do but i'm gonna tell you one thing um I, I made a post the other day, um, what is it, Saturday, I think, and it was talking about what exactly woman face is, because they like to use this term. Like, again, remember, you have to realize that the people that you would consider, I don't, I don't like to use the word turf, um, but those on that, in that frame, I generally, they're still radical feminists, they're still third wave feminists. Um, doesn't matter what it is, they still hate men. And as you guys know, if you've watched my channel, um, I believe trans women are a subsection of men, and um, but we have gen gender dysphoria and we take the steps to transition. Well, some of them have gone into turning, and it's really a woke argument to say that, um, to use the term woman face to describe any and all uh trans people. And I, I really just asked the question on Twitter slash X. Um, you know, what What does that mean? And from my observations is you got kind of three different answers. You know, a third of the answers were um, insulting me, which that's how things work. I know, I, I know the name of the game. Um, Another third of those um, use circular arguments, just like leftists do, right? Um, so it was, well, what is woman face? And it was like, well, pretending you're a woman. Well, if that's the case, then what stere like, what stereotypes make a woman? And then they say, well, it's you know, pretending to be a woman. It's it's a circular argument that unless you can actually, unless you're using stereotypes, unless you're saying that all women act a certain way and all this stuff, like they tried to bring up the race issue. Think about race. I can tell usually, you can usually tell if somebody is a minority based on their skin color because it's visual. It's not something that you can change. Um, I would say that a woman makes up like secondary sex, sex characteristics and everything like that. Got it. But there's, but race is very different. And yes, race very much is a social construct because um, there's so many different shades of, of, of different races. You know, I get this. What's interesting though is other than like somebody said, you know, cut your hair and be a man to me one day, like the other day. I said, wait, so long hair makes you a woman and they're like of course not well then what makes you then, then then why would i have to cut my hair if i'm 
just a man that wants to have long nails, wear makeup and be pretty. And what, why is that considered offensive and considered woman based? And you just get a lot of circular arguments with this facts. Um, so I'm still trying to figure out now. I agree with the other, you know, one third of people where they would say that somebody like, I'm going to, I'm going to preface this. Um, I've always, I've always considered drag queens could very well be considered woman face, right? Because it used to be that blackface was considered, you know, it was a parody. It was using stereotypes to make fun or make comedy. And it, there was a point where I, I, I don't want to be offensive with this. I believe there were points where it was not considered to be offensive until, you know, recent culture. I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to say that for a fact, um, because I'm not sure, but I see that's what's good. Like I could see like drag Queens would be considered woman face because that is very much a parody an over-the-top exaggeration of stereotypical feminine traits based off, yeah, very stereo based off of very stereotypes, like flamboyant stereotypes. And I guess now you would call that campy, which kind of ties into what Dylan Mulvaney would be. Now, I, I will preface this again with one second. So I don't necessarily know. Yes, what Dylan Mulvaney was doing with the days of girlhood was very much what I would consider um, woman face. It was this whole idea that to create a character mocking women like the hiking heels and doing all this um, other over the top exaggerated stuff. What we've learned since is that is just Dylan's personality. Um, and I'm willing now to wait and see where Dylan goes. This is a take that um, it's not usually well received because, but we'll see if that was just Dylan being Dylan or if that was Dylan wanting attention. I've, always considered I never thought that Dylan was actually trans and was just doing this for attention but now Dylan has kind of stepped away from the limelight and we'll see where it goes right kind of stepped away from it all um, if Dylan goes to detransition all this then that'll be um, that will be the moment that we kind of know but if Dylan goes into be more of a I don't know, a, not making mockery of women, um, then I don't know. I, I would be willing to give the benefit of the doubt. Again, this is going to, people are going to hate this of me, but you know, I, I don't know. I've, since Dylan's been away, it's been interesting to see. I think that a lot of people use Dylan um, Dylan's not really some, I, I, I condemn everything that Dylan said when she went to the white house and talking to Joe Biden and 
pushing gender ideology and all that stuff. But if Dylan actually takes the time to listen and understand the other side of this issue and can possibly work with us, I mean, I would see where we could work with Dylan, but we'll see. I don't know. I think, like I said, I think Bud Light, I think a lot of these companies still deserve what they got. Um, I think that, um, you know, because at the time, that was what was going on with Dylan. Um, and they, I think, used Dylan a lot. They were trying to push their woke agenda on society, you know, up their ESG score, all this stuff. And so they used Dylan, who I, again, I don't know Dylan personally. I, I think that Dylan is just this campy gay man who used a platform to, um, uh, you know, use this platform to gain some fame, which they were always looking for. But we'll see what happens in the future with that. I don't know. Again, not knowing Dylan very well at all, I don't know how much Dylan knew what she was doing was affecting culture the way it was. Like making the business deals and how those were going to have backlash before it happened. Like you have to, I mean, not everybody is tied in. And so when money's rolling in, you know, you, you might have blinders on. But I'd be interested to see if Dylan would be uh, willing to learn why people like me are against childhood transitions and um, everything like that. I don't know. Um, but as long as as long as she's not doing the the campy days of girlhood stuff and just living her life, then uh, I think we just leave Dylan alone, honestly. But that's all I have to say about that. That was a long tangent that I was not planning on going on, but yeah because that was um yeah that happened this weekend that was that was fun um but you know what like i told y'all before it's called monetizing your haters so all those people that were making uh all those people that were making mean comments to me and the posts and everything like that just understand that they just made me money so <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think that that's the key is is I I actually um I, I don't know if I told you guys this. I think I I had mentioned this last week when Ashley was on that I eliminated my block, my block but like I have zero people blocked. I had like 35 people. No, I actually had over 100 people blocked on Twitter. I took it to zero because I got monetized on on Twitter and so monetize the haters i just i just found a whole bunch of people to mute and so now a ton of people are muted on my channel on my page and they can come and hate me all they want i can't wait till elon brings out this you know this um this bigger this more enforced block button right so we'll see um wow yeah, that that like I said, that was not something that I was planning on going off of. Um, 
what I, what I will kind of say though is um going into the last uh maybe this will be the last story maybe we'll go maybe we'll go along today too though um so we have Ford CEO dog's not happy dogs don't like it when people come for me so I don't know um so the Ford CEO decided to take a road trip with one of their EV trucks. Got a, got a reality check that um, you really can't do as much with electronic vehicles as you thought you could, um, especially when it took to, you know, recharging the car. Cause um, a lot of times these, um, they cost more, it costs more on these supercharges to fill up your electronic vehicle with energy than it does your gas tank. So um, here's actually what he said. Charging has been pretty challenging. I stopped at one of the most popular charging uh, sites in the country on the I-5 in Kalinga, uh, a big Tesla um, supercharger network there. And uh, I went to a high, a low speed charger. It took me out 40 minutes to get uh, uh, 40%. Um, but it was a really good reality check, uh, the challenges of what our customers go through and the importance of fast charging and what we're going to have to do to improve the charging experience. So I don't know what spurred this on. I do think it's a great thing that, you know, the CEO of Ford, who is pushing like all in um, on electronic vehicles to go out and actually see what it's like to go on a road trip with an electronic vehicle. Because I mean... I've heard Teslas are great. I've heard Teslas charge really quickly. I didn't even realize though how much that it actually costs like that much money to charge. Um, Cause this kind of comes actually as a, um, as a guy from Canada, like last week there was this story from this guy from Canada who was driving from Winnipeg. He abandoned his, uh, his truck halfway to Chicago after they were like, they, like there was two faulty uh, charging stations. And then the one time he was able to charge, um, it was, um, it, 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 it took him forever and it cost more than it would be to fill up um, his gas. So yeah, he, he, and he basically called it <laughs> EVs are the biggest scam of modern times. And he was driving a 2023 Ford F-150 Lightning um, that cost over $115,000. So, um, but like his whole story was really crazy. But, you know... Like if you can't even go on a road trip, this has always been my concern with electronic vehicles is um, is that, yes, like you guys are saying in the chat that they can be controlled. You know, you can drive, you know, they can easily be controlled. They can be stopped from anywhere and all this stuff. Um, but I'll, I'll say... Like this is this is an issue, and I I do applaud the Ford CEO for going out and doing this because they are all in on this. 
Um, and honestly, they are like their investors kind of got to be a little bit pissed right now because their loss, like they've literally lost a hundred or four point five billion dollars in um, their electronic vehicle space. Now, yes, Ford made money this year, um, but it lost money. So net income they were expected to bring in 45 billion dollars in net revenue that's not minus expenses so you know um so 1.9 billion in net income so that's after after expenses so that's a lot of that's a lot of expenses if you think about that 45 billion only gets you 1.9 billion in actual profit um and so but they they earned on their gas and hybrid, and they also earned on their Ford Blue, um, but they lost $4.5 billion on their electronic vehicle sector, which actually made them slow down because they were looking to be fully electronic quickly. They couldn't do that, right? So um, they were planning on having reaching a 600,000 unit uh, production run rate by the end of 2024. They had to push that back. Actually, it, was by the, it was originally set for 2023. So they had to push that back um, to through 2024. So the other way. So they're expecting that still by 2024, but people aren't wanting to buy these vehicles for a reason. And now maybe he understands why and they can actually fix some of these issues. But those issues aren't necessarily with the vehicles themselves. It's with the grid. And if we know that, you know, this is one of the big pushes that the Obama administration is trying to do with their infrastructure packages. Um, but it should be, if you see what Tesla has done, Tesla has their Tesla charging farms. Tesla has built infrastructure out there. Um, one thing I know, Ford just started being allowed to use Tesla charging stations. The Chevys, I don't believe, are able to yet. Um, but they have to have like special converters to be able to, you know, use Tesla charging stations. But Tesla has built their own infrastructure, which is going to be a lot better than the government doing it. So if these companies kind of come together and start building their own infrastructure with like universal ports, like we do with like USB ports and stuff like that, it'll be a lot better on everybody. And then maybe you can cut the cost because once you have, you know, economies of scale when it comes to like these, elect these electric, um, you know, pumps again, essentially these electric um, stations, you know, then you know, the, the cost will come down because, you know, supply and demand when there's more supply that, and the demand is about the same, then you're going to get lower cost. It's just the way that things go. So, um, I, I do applaud them for going out there because yeah, electronic, electronic vehicles aren't there yet. And honestly, I would, I'm not in the market for a new car. I love my car. It's, gonna drive for quite a while um but i i was i had started to think that maybe one of those tesla suvs would be the next way to go but at this point i don't think evs are in my future yet but i had to talk about cars for a second 
just weird, funny story that just came into my head. I was literally at the grocery store. I went to the gym this morning. If you saw my videos, go watch it because I I lifted some heavy weight. Um, but I, I went to the grocery store and I was literally sitting in my car um, on my phone real quick before I went inside. And some lady in a Mercedes SUV like pulled into a spot straight forwards. She could see me. And she bumped, like she hit the front of my car. I'm like, what the hell? Like, and then I, I don't, how, can, how, how do you hit somebody in a parking lot when you're looking at them? I mean, backing in, backing up to somebody, actually, and again, this is a, this is a new Mercedes truck that she was driving. It's got sensors everywhere on it. How did you not stop when it beeped a thousand times at you? I don't get it. I'm sorry for ranting. Sorry for ranting. <laughs> that was uh, that was quite the rant. Yeah, I know. Um, just a little bit of local news for me here. Like I said, I'll be down. I I, I live, but. So political groups in Georgia are now allowed to um, distribute water in line if you if you remember there was the big uh um the the big bill the voter registration so this actually was pretty good though because they only struck down this provision so overall this this ruling was a win i think for people that want election integrity stuff because they still can't do that if you're within 150 feet of Yes, you said it, Robbie. I'm not going to put that on the screen, but that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so if you're if you're 150 feet from the polling location, um, they still can't they they still can't give you this stuff. They can't election they like they can't you know try to sway your vote or anything like that. They can't talk to you. They can't do anything like that. But what the law used to allow for was if it, if you were past that, like if the line extended past that 150 foot mark, there was still a 25 foot buffer around any voter. No, no magnificent devil. She was. Um, I, mm, she was probably like in her 70s. Um. But no, she didn't have the I want to speak to your manager haircut. She wasn't a Karen. Thankfully, thankfully, it didn't really there was no damage to my car. Thankfully, there was maybe one little bump that could be fixed with um, touch up paint. Yeah, I, I was not happy, I was not happy, but I was very nice to this woman. That's very nice. But yeah. So yeah, polling locations, you, you there used to be a, a 25 foot buffer. They just ended the 25 foot buffer. But um, as long as there's not like long lines to vote anymore, actually this kind of, what this does is it incentivizes them to um, be faster at the polls, especially like Republicans 
um, or it incentivizes everybody to be faster at the poll so there's not long lines out there so that people can't stand out there and, and try to, you know, election, like, sway you and give you stuffs and, and all that stuff. What it still does, though, actually, this is one area where this, I I really think the uh, the bill does really well is it it eliminates ballot harvesting um or it attempts to eliminate ballot harvesting i don't know if it'll actually work like that but basically if only you or like a family member or caretaker can actually drop off your ballot at the ballot box and you have to like sign and those people that are dropping it off actually have to sign who they can um they they can sign who like they have to sign that that's who it was and that they are literally they did not do anything with the ballot and everything like that so they signed basically under oath so essentially the bill went to effect and it's actually a good bill um from what i can see but um yeah i think that it, it's, there's there's a lot more. I I didn't read too deep into the bill where what what the ruling was either on like the Dominion voting system. But I just know there's there's a lot going on with that stuff, and um, there's still fights with the Georgia election system right now. Um, it's gonna be interesting. Um, but I mean, this should eliminate what happened in 2020 which is the reason why Donald Trump is being was indicted last week and is being arraigned this week. I'm just hopefully, um, you know, a lot of that ballot harvesting is probably the most egregious thing that happens with this stuff because you can just drop off a ballot. Um, but if I'm not mistaken, even Marjorie Taylor Greene's husband had complained that he was not able to vote. Um, they turned him away because they said he had already sent an absentee ballot. This whole, and then it, I, I believe this law also changes it so that they can't just send out absentee ballots to everyone. So basically, what they did in 2020 was they sent out absentee ballots to everyone, and then, um, and then said, and then if you didn't turn it in, then that. But so there was multiple ballots out there with your name on it, and that was an issue. I don't know. I I don't know. I, I, I'm not that tied in on that process, but I just know that this should help. Um, I think that, you know, the voting machines and the absentee um, drop boxes, I know a lot of people want to get rid of the drop boxes um, for a lot of different reasons because they're not secure and different things that can happen with the absentee. Like, let's just go vote. Like a lot of people are like, there's counties that are like, no, we're just going to, we're just going to not, we're just gonna we're just gonna we're just gonna go with paper ballots you know how it works last story we're gonna do this one quick so roundabout queen censored and actually this is the thing is um a lot of things have been getting censored there was um a book a lot of these novel books are getting like a lot of these novels are getting these trigger warnings on them now well, reported by the Telegraph, queens, fat bottom girls are not allowed to make the rocking world go round anymore because um, they were 
cut that song was cut from the greatest hits albums to appease the younger audience. Now, so I, I will say, apparently this was only on one app. They took it. It's still on like Apple and all these other music platforms, but it was taken off of this app that's designed for kids. I don't know. Is Fat Bottom Girls offensive? I mean, what I want to really know, young kids under 10. Okay, but what I, I really want to know is, was Bohemian Rhapsody cut as well? I mean, talking body positivity shouldn't fat bottom girls make the rocking world go round like to be more body positive i mean i don't know but if you think about the words like i i, I think fat bottom girls if you're a, if you're a kid you won't necessarily know what it's saying because it's mostly said innuendo um which you have always had innuendos in like Disney movies and everything like that. Right. So we know like innuendos are good for parents and, and stuff like that, but their kids don't know exactly what they mean. And then when you find out what they mean, you're like, Oh, but Bohemian, Bohemian Rhapsody actually says, I mean, you know, as an adult, that Bohemian Rhapsody is a satirical opera, right? I actually learned this in a music class I took in college, right? So Bohemian Rhapsody was considered a satirical opera. Um, so it's not meant to actually be a serious song, but when you when you hear it's the words, you know, Mama, I just killed a man. Like, um, it's not a very kid. That's honestly, I would say Bohemian Rhapsody is not a kid friendly song while Bad Bottom Girls, they just won't know what it's actually talking about. I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm fine with, I'm fine with, uh, honestly, cool. We'll cut it. If it's for, if it's for an audience under 10, we'll cut it, but it is a good song. Um, But they didn't cut. God, there's so many songs like especially Queen. I was actually just listening to Queen um, before I came on. Right. Um, before I came on the air, because I was just like, oh, I love Queen. Um, let me pull this up. Oh, I can't play the song because I, I actually was going to lead in with the song. But if I play the song, I'll probably get copyright strike. So that could be coming. I don't know. You guys didn't hear that, right? Um, yeah, I, I don't know. There's... Maybe not. I just know there's a lot of songs. I would love to go through their catalog on the on the app okay thanks thanks yeah i don't want to get a copyright strike for you guys hearing the beginning of uh fat bottom girls has it played on my phone because it did but 
<laughs> if if it comes to it, I will cut it out. Just don't give me a strike, YouTube. I'll cut it. Don't worry. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I think it's it's a little bit interesting that this gets cut for the younger audience, but there's so much stuff that the younger is is now allowed for the younger audience because I mean they're teaching rail against this all the time. They are teaching our kids comprehensive sex education very young, very young. But fat bottom girls taking it a little bit too far. Somebody said something about the intro to it too, though. Um, it's basically a sexual assault, which if you consider the intro to fat bottom girls sexual assault, do you also consider um, Garth Brooks that summer a song about sexual assault too? I don't know. I don't know. But y'all, we went way over tonight. But this was good. I enjoyed it. It was good to be back. Well, I was back. I was here next this last week, but it was good to be live with y'all and and discuss everything with y'all this week. And um I want to let you know if you haven't yet, click that like and subscribe button. Follow me across all social media platforms. Um, remember, I do stream this across. Well, it's actually right now it's streaming on Rumble, Facebook, YouTube, as well as Twitter. And yes, I'm going to keep calling it Twitter until Elon Musk and the Twitter team allows activates my subscriptions. The moment they activate my subscriptions, I'll stop miss. I'll stop dead naming the platform okay that's when but follow me across all social media platforms and i will see y'all next time